This is part three on 2 Thessalonians 3, 11 to 16. I changed it to 15 because I'm going to take 16 as part of the next unit, but we're still on this unit here. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busybodies. Such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ, that working with quietness, they eat their own bread. As for you, brothers, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey our word, so that's the apostolic word in this letter, the word he's given right here, I think, through the letter, take note of that person so as not to associate with him, that he may be ashamed. Do not regard him as an enemy, but warn him as a brother. So, Father, teach us now how to relate to disobedient Christians. Christians who hear a word from the apostle, command from the apostle, and they don't obey the command. Show us how to react and respond in this matter, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So you, you warn the brother, right? And the aim of the warning Take note of that person so as not to associate with him and make him ashamed. So this holy ostracism here, not eating with them, not doing casual things with them as though nothing were wrong, is in order to shame him, not regarding him as an enemy, even though we are to love our enemies, and yet the brother love and enemy love are not identical, but warn him as a brother. So there's, there's the goal. You want your brother to be ashamed to return to a full uh, fellowship rather than being ostracized. Now, here's, here's the question. Uh, how long can he walk in disobedience without consequences? And the question is posed in 1 Thessalonians 5.14 because Paul says, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idol, so that's the same sin, right, of not obeying the command of the apostle to earn your own living, eat your own bread, stop being a busybody, admonish them, encourage the faint heart to help the weak, be patient with them all. How long? That's the practical question, right? Does this disobedience not obey this command does it matter if it lasts forever? Do you ever take any steps beyond disassociation while he attends worship services and does not come to feel ashamed but settles into his disobedience and perhaps set a, a bad example for others while you are being patient with him? This is, this is really a tough question. It raises questions like, is this particular kind of disobedience, which isn't the same, say, as adultery or fornication or homosexuality or stealing or killing, but rather being idle, is it different in its consequences for church discipline? Let's broaden out our question. Here's 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 11 where you have the same kind of disassociation commended. 
I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with this sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, in other words, unbelievers, or of greedy swindlers, idolaters, but then you'd have to go out of the world. I was talking about believers, but now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual morality, greed, idolater, reviler, drunkard, swindler, even not to eat with such a one. So that's a first stage, even towards somebody who is sexually immoral. That's not exactly the same as just being idle. In fact, in the next chapter, Paul says, these kinds of sins listed here are the kind that put you out of the kingdom. Do not you know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you have people back in chapter 5 who are doing these things like sexual immorality, greed, idolatry, reviler, and he tells them, I'm writing to you not even to eat with such a one. And there he doesn't mention kingdom exclusion. So it seems to me that when he says in the next chapter here that these things can put you out of the kingdom of God, that is, they can show that you really weren't justified, you really weren't washed, you really weren't sanctified by the Spirit of God, and therefore you don't belong in this community. When he says that, he's implying that this strategy of not even eating with such a one has a limit. You don't want to to act precipitously in excluding people from the fellowship. And so you wholly ostracize, but what if there's no repentance indefinitely and they are doing things that exclude them from the kingdom? And so Paul makes it very clear in the earlier part of that chapter, it is actually reported there is sexual immorality among you of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you really are unleavened, for Christ our Passover lamb has been sacrificed. So it seems to me that we have the question of when it says, be patient with them all the idol. There are two things at play. One is the kind of sin it is. It's idleness rather than adultery or sexual immorality, and yet it is disobedience to the apostolic command, and yet you're supposed to be patient a long time. How long? Well, it may be that if you are patient a long time and there is no shame that is ever produced, and this brother scorns the patience that has been showing to him, that other fruits 
will confirm alongside idleness and disobedience to this command that he is outside true faith. And you might proceed then with church discipline. But I would just say that here, Paul is not going there. He is rather encouraging patience and a kind of loving ostracism that wants to bring shame and restore. And that should be our first longing in prayer.